Welcome to the next edition of the Recruitment Finance Podcast in association with Azuki Accounts. I am Punamawani, Director at Azuki Accounts, and today we'll be talking to Tara Ricks on her amazing career and all things RPO. Hi, Tara. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Delighted to be here on the podcast, Poonam. Thanks for the invitation. Um, perhaps you could just start by introducing yourself and explaining a little a bit about your awesome background. <laughs> yes, of course. So I am, I've been in recruitment for, for pretty much 30 years, which is terribly aging, isn't it? But there it is. It, that's what it is. You know, can't do anything about it. Um, and I have worked really across the industry in many in formats as a startup, um, growing a business, scaling a business, setting up international offices in the Middle East and Europe. Um, selling a business to Randstad in 2008, just before the last crash, um, you know, working at a senior level in a huge beast like Randstad. And I'm, you know, and so you know, many variations of my career along the way. And I currently work, um, I'm operating as a non-exec and board advisor and also executive coach to a number of companies within many within the recruitment sector particularly the SME market here in the UK who seek to create value gain competitive edge grow their businesses expand their businesses make acquisitions or indeed grow organically um, or just have operational and strategical strategic uh, issues amazing so I hear that your expertise kind of lies with RPOs what is your experience with them yeah, it's been um, it's certainly a large part of what I've done in, in running a recruitment business. And actually, my first introduction to RPOs was in the financial services market, which is kind of where the first generation RPO models established themselves here in the UK. And for me, um, my business then, Jocelyn Rowe, we were uh, dominating, and that was our niche, financial services, um, wholesale and retail. And it was to go into RPO at that point was really a defensive measure, actually, because other players were coming into our market space as an RPO slash MSP offering to our clients. And we could see how they were really disintermediating our relationship with our client. And this was clearly something that was not going away and it indeed was, was growing. Our clients were seeking an opportunity to outsource recruitment process, on both perm and temporary hires and, and, and gain all the efficiencies of that. So we set up at that point um, an RPO offering um, to really as a defensive measure. And uh, it really grew from there. It quickly became a very important part of our business, hugely important. And we went from RPO to MSP and indeed blended models. And it became one of the most profitable parts of our business and actually certainly you know made us more attractive when we um actually took the business to market amazing um rpos can sometimes be a dirty word in recruitment with the view being that they invariably mean low margins vendor portals and pay when paid clauses is this fact or fiction <laughs> um i think in the, you know broadly speaking that's fiction you know and i think certainly you know lots of clients across the uk have brought in some form of rpl or msp model because they want to create efficiencies and where do those efficiencies start often at pricing 
Um, uh, so yes, I think as a, if you're supplying into an MSP or RPO, you can see your margins uh, downgraded a little or, or sometimes a lot. Um, so you've got to always ask yourself the question, what's in it for me? And invariably, if you work with a, a really quality MSP or RPO provider, you will see enhanced volumes, for example, you will see um, a greater breadth of your clients' work, and you will also see have a much more seamless process, um, you know, whether that's for permanent or contract hires. Um, but you know, as a, as a recruitment business and developing an outsourced offering, an MSP or an RPO can, you know, is really an effective way to engage with clients and still make that high volume, low margin market profitable because you create through embracing technology and creating a very different delivery model, you can make that, you can make low, those low margin, that low margin business, sorry, very profitable. So, you know, I think, you know, if you're prepared to combine and build technology, change your delivery models that works for that specific outsource market, then um, you can absorb a lower margin and, uh, and absolutely still make it profitable. Um, you know, with, it, with an RPO offering, you will, depending on whether you are providing a vendor neutral or not service to your client, you can uh, really dominate the supply chain into that client. So, you know, a lower margin will uh, still remain very profitable. As a supplier into an RPO or an MSP, yes, you can come across vendor portals, you can come across, um, pieces of technology that you may find frustrating and you know I guess you've got to take a step back strategically as a recruitment business leader and who is your ideal client and who do you want to engage with if you conclude that because of the benefits around efficiencies and volumes you do want to engage with clients where they have an incumbent MSP or RPO provider then you have to make sure that you've got the right delivery model in your business that is fit for purpose to deliver into that market. Because if you want to take your teams of highly skilled, very well-paid 360 recruiters, shall we say, and put them supplying into an RPO or an MSP model, then kind of therein lies much frustration and madness because you will not be able to make that profitable and you will see your conversion rates of GP to profit tumble and it will all become very, very frustrating and there's no winners. So you need to think very clearly as a recruitment leader about what, uh, what is your strategic target client. And you absolutely should not conclude in my in, in my opinion uh, clients where there is an RPO or MSP because you absolutely can still engage and make them profitable as long as you have the right delivery model and capability sat within your business which is standalone from your new business or 360 business. Amazing and um, in your opinion do RPOs and high margin business belong in the same business can you do both? And if so, would you recommend the agencies use separate brands to market these? Well, the short answer is absolutely. You can do both. And, I, you know, I've, I've proven that you can do them. They're, you know, they are very complementary. And, you know, bringing an RPO to your client does not necessarily meaning 
we're going to now make less money from that client at all. They don't, they do not go hand to hand in hand to hand. You, you know, if you, if you have um, your high margin 360 new business type of perm or, or, or contract teams, um, I would absolutely uh, advise that your RPO business, yes, is separate for many of the reasons that we've, we've outlined. It's a different team of people, it's a different model, it's a different approach to market. Um, and, you know, I think, it, it, you know, the different nuances are well illustrated through perhaps having subtle differences in brand. Yes, I think, you know, when you go to market with your full service proposition, it's great to have a table of products if you recruitment contract or interim recruitment and having an RPO offering alongside that is an additional advantageous addition to your portfolio of products. Um, they're very complementary because you can talk to your client about engaging, um, you know, it, within a niche, uh, high margin business, very specialist business. And, uh, you know, and, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Client, I can also actually manage that whole project for you because we're, whilst we um, have perhaps been uh, providing you with, you know, X amount over a year of that particular niche, you now are accelerating and seek to hire many, many more than that. We can absolutely do that. And this is how we're going to do it. It's through an RPO model and the benefits for you are, you know, these efficiencies on time to hire this piece of technology, which is going to elevate your brand within the candidate marketplace. And, and this is how we're going to deliver it for you. You know, as a recruitment owner, you get increased volume. It's guaranteed all of those things around annuity revenues, which is great. Um, and you get very much uh, closer to your client and you become embedded in your client, which actually, after all, is what we really want. We want to become so embedded within our client, don't we, that they, you know, they can't do without us. And an RPO model is a really complementary way to achieve that strategy. Amazing. I mean, from a finance perspective, um, dealing with RPOs, uh, we have a number of our clients that do that. And the, the one bit of advice I would say is make sure that your back office infrastructure is able to cope with that. And particularly if you are having higher margins and, and vendor portals, that's not necessarily an issue for, for us. But make sure that, you know, you've got a pay and bill system that can cope with imports and exports from, you know, external um, vendor portal systems. Um, yeah. making sure that your credit control is hot to, to kind of deal with those high volumes, making sure that your cash um, is, is sufficient to do that. So if you have an invoice discounting facility, are they able to support that growth? Um, and all of those little things that I would just say from a finance director perspective are things that you should be kind of just ensuring that you've kind of got covered um, before you do it. But from our perspective, it's something you can't escape. Um, and, and what advice would you give to business owners on how they could work better with RPOs? Well, first of all, say absolutely endorse your comments. You know, I couldn't, you know, I mean, I think it, I always, you know, it's always, it's implicit to me, but it's absolutely worth stating, you know, your finance partners will be so strong because you can, you know, those complexities of some of the higher volume authorization, pay bill, it, it's, it's paramount, isn't it? We've got to be seen to be doing that really well. Um, I think, you know, working well with RPOs and MSPs, um, you know, I think you've got to, first of all, identify the clients that you want to, that you want to work with. And if there's an incumbent RPO and MSP, 
then um, you know you've got to devise a strategy about how you can make that profitable um, because uh, you know it, it is inevitable there'll be some margin erosion if you are supplying through an MSP or RPO um, because the incumbent RPO has got to be paid for. So that's part of your, you know, qualifying that you want to operate in that market. It, it, you know, in most cases, there will be some margin erosion. Um, so the, 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 the most important thing is to understand in your business how you can still deliver into that client at that lower margin while still making it profitable. And that will mean looking at, you know, the team that you deploy onto your RPO or MSP clients. Um, it will look, mean looking at your candidate acquisition strategy and how you deploy those candidates versus the ROI. Um, it will mean looking at your internal reward structure and how you reward people who are deploying services to MSP or RPO clients and looking at how you KPI the people and the teams. Um, I always found, for example, that a great KPI to really focus on for someone who is working on servicing a client with an RPO or an MSP is really job thought rate, you know, because that's something that you can really influence. You can't necessarily influence the amount of jobs that you get or but you can really influence that and, and you should get rewarded on that. So just as a tip, I think that's, you know, that's something to be armed with, you know, reward your people on how successful, you know, they can drive the fill rate from X to X in a certain period of time and, and, and bonus them on it. Um, so, you know, I think they're the main things that you've really got to think about, um, before starting to work with um, with RPOs, and of course, what, you know, with with many RPOs and MSP, they have multiple client engagements in your sector. So if you start to work well with one particular one, then you will get to know them very well. You'll learn that actually we can make this work, and it's a really good relationship. Um, and let's talk to them about where they deploy their um, product into other clients within our area of expertise and how we can support each other. Because, you know, good working relationship between an RPO and a second tier supply chain or even, you know, or, or, or a neutral RPO and, and, a, and a first tier supply chain is, you know, it's got to be win-win. You know, the RPO wants to look good to their client. You know, they will have promised, bring us in as an RPO and we will elevate your fill rate to, uh, you know, X, we'll improve it by X percent and we'll improve your time to hire by X percent. So they've got to deliver. So they absolutely need, a, a, you know, a very, you know, a great working supply chain that is going to help them deliver. So it's always worth thinking about that. You know, they, everyone, you can both make each other look really good. Absolutely. And even and even where you know the big boys are operating as an RPO in a, in, a, in a larger corporate, they will have probably committed contractually to direct fills of something in the region of ninety percent. But don't let that necessarily put you off because if you think about the number of hires that the really large corporations make, ten percent of that is still a nice number yeah. for less client intervention you don't need to deploy a team of salespeople. you've got the business uh, you need quality kind of acquisition strategy that's going to be fruitful in filling that 10 percent quickly efficiently with a delivery model that makes it profitable amazing yeah really good tips thank you um what is going on in the rpo market at the moment and has covid had an impact 
Um, I think, you know, inevitably uh, over this period, numbers of hires have uh, gone down in most organisations. I mean, clearly that's not the same. I think if you, you know, if you're working in some of the e-retail or logistics companies, it'll be quite the opposite will be true. Um, so it really depends on, um, you know, on the market to sector. But the RPM, you know, it continues to grow. It really does. I think if you look at the outsourcing world, business process outsourcing itself, um, if you look at some of the stats from between 2014 and now, it's been exponential growth. And that's across all of the different types of business process outsourcing. Uh, and RPO and MSP is, is most definitely a large part of that. Um, so we've got, there's nothing to lead us to believe that's changing anytime soon. So there is an opportunity. Uh, I think if you're a recruitment business owner, it's useful to remember that the big boys in the RPO MSP world cannot touch anything really that has less than a 50 million per annum spend because they have built an infrastructure around their business that makes it wildly unprofitable to do anything that's below that, whether that's, you know, teams of people, infrastructure, technology, et cetera. So there, you know, there is a huge opportunity in the SME sector for clients who really seek to take advantage of the efficiency gains around having an RPO you clearly won't have that kind of spend per annum, but absolutely are a very viable and attractive option for recruitment businesses who are running a smaller sized RPO, an RPO, RPO light product offering or thinking about developing a product offering in that market. You know, that is a good tip there because, you know, don't be awed by the fact that it's a, a busy market you know a which market isn't busy and b those big, big guys just can't look at anything with a spend below that so it does really mean that that leaves an awful lot on the table in the sme community to approach to talk about rpos and, and frankly i think you know as a warning if you're not talking to your sme clients about potential project-based or rpo approach to recruitment i guarantee someone else is actually or will be so again think defensively amazing i've learned so much thank you thank <laughs> you're you very so welcome for joining us and um, thank tara, you and um, tara if people want to get in touch with you what is the best way to do that um, I think LinkedIn is always a great way. I'm on LinkedIn, Tara Rick. So, uh, you know, um, drop me an invite or a message. Um, it'd be delighted. I'd be delighted to hear from anyone. Amazing. Well, thank About you. this topic or, or, or more generally recruitment. Absolutely. And I, I know that um, we have a few mutual clients where Tara is yeah. a non-exec director and has done amazing things there. So we speak very highly of you and your work. So thank you. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Remember, if you are interested in finding out more about what we do at Azuki Accounts, please visit our website, azukiaccounts.com, or find us on social media. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast.